0: My name is Kibali Morethi, and I would like to welcome you to the second season of Ari Diaries. Ari Diaries is an audio profiles podcast curated by Herman Ogula and I. Picking up from our first season, this series will spotlight more exemplary women who embody the Ari spirit of initiative, spirit, and drive in everything they do, as well as what they lend their voices to. The thematic focus will be breaking biases, as well as how to achieve gender equality today for sustainable tomorrow. A huge, huge thanks to Catalyst Media for making this season possible. Hi, my name is Kibali. Welcome to the new season of Ari Diaries. Yeah, we took a break, but we are back. And our guest today is Candine Kwangemuhal, who I will let introduce herself the way that she prefers to be introduced.
1: <laughs> thanks, Kibali. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is so cool. This is <laughs> officially my first podcast appearance. Should I call it appearance or hearing? <laughs>
0: Um, both actually (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah. so thank you very much for having me
0: you're welcome Mm. okay um let's start with a simple question how are you how are you right now like how are you doing right now
1: right now i'm good Mm -hmm. uh it's a bit hot outside yeah uh (laughs) no but really climate change yeah (laughs) bring it on yeah
0: (laughs) we just jump right into it yeah 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 Mm. but you're good i'm good yeah
1: yeah
0: okay how do we start this conversation how do you introduce yourself
1: Um, that's one of the hardest questions always (laughs) for, for creatives, I would say, but really, um, yes, I'm candy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think that is one of the greatest factors, um, that, that constitute me introducing who I am. Um, I'm basically a big ball of music because I love it so much. Um, I like to, uh, I like to also mention that I'm a lover of people. I love people, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and and I love doing things that help people or that make life better for people. Okay, yeah.
0: So problem solver mm-hmm. in some way, shape yeah. or form. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's you. That's how you introduce yourself. Yeah. And where were you? Like, let's talk about your background. Where were you born?
1: All right, I was born in the Mata Hospital. Okay. <laughs> On the twenty eighth of January in the nineties. <laughs>
0: yeah. <Huh>? Okay.
1: <laughs> That's as far as I can go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um grew up in a Christian family. Yeah. Um uh when I was born, yeah, I, was, I grew up in Island. Okay. I grew up in Dhoni. Yeah. Woohoo. Rap in Doni. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um that was really cool. I do feel that yeah. um growing up there really shaped, um, who I am in a very big way. Um, because it's interesting. My folks, um, my folks did the most and their desire, as they always tell us was to take us to, well, my sibling and I, to take us to the best of schools and whatnot. So I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to, to interact with people from different walks of life. So, I'd go to school and you're here with children of big wigs and whatnot. And then I'd come back home and we are playing kati and, and rounders and, you know, like just doing the things that local children would do. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and where did you go to school?
1: I went to. So, I went to Donum Catholic yeah. for kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> then I went. Taking to, it way back. Yes. Yeah. And then I went to Makini okay. for most of my primary. Yeah. Um, then I had a short stint at a boarding school, Green Garden. Uh-huh. Um, then I went back to Makini. Yeah. Um, my folks missed me. They're like, they, they, I mean, they made it look like, oh, are you okay? Is This boarding school treating you well. Mm. But I think they honestly missed me. Yeah. So they took me back home. So then I went to Buru Buru Girls. Okay. For all of Form 1.
0: Yeah.
1: Then I went to Riara. Then I went to the University of Nairobi.
0: Okay. Mm. Oh wow. Mm. I was just like, and then I went to Riara and yeah. then so many
1: schools. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then
0: I went to Harvard, you know.
1: Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah, good. Okay. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a bit about your primary school. So mm. while you were in primary school, what did you sort of start
1: to discover about yourself? By the way, I loved music from the onset. Mm. Um, and this is also something I say a lot whenever I'm asked to speak about my musical journey. I knew from that young age that I wanted to be a musician, you know, so I'd be I'd be the one shouting musician in a sea of astronauts, and pediatric surgeons, and 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 um, engineers. You know, when mm. you'd be asked, "So, oh, what do you want to be?" and you grow up, and I'd just be like, "Musician." Was made fun of quite some. Yeah. But I was passionate about music from a very young age. Okay.
0: Yep. Um, what is the first song that you? Who's the first musician that you remember sort of being aware of, and you just like, ah, that person represents something that I want to become.
1: CCY Ish. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was all of us in those times. So I wasn't looking.
0: <laughs> all the colors. Were yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And to date, man, I think it's really amazing how she she has transcended that whole period of time from when I was young. And before you were
0: born. Right. Yeah. And when they were singing at street, how many were they? street Eleven children. Yeah,
1: yeah, the the them and their family. So I would really say she's one of the ones who shaped what music was like for me, or okay. what I wanted music to be like for me. Okay. Yeah. And
0: what song do you what song do you remember being maybe like the first or one of the first songs that you ever sang in public and people were just like, Wow. <laughs>
1: One had to be the national anthem because mm-hmm. I think that thing happens when you go to a school and, um, like me, you, you're you always very fast to take any opportunity that involves singing. Yeah. And so the teachers are like, okay, so you'll be singing the national anthem on Mondays and Fridays in assembly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one that I do remember was, interestingly, Don Moen's Above All. Mm. Yeah, that was that one universal worship song that just I guess you'd find anywhere in the world yeah yeah so I think that's it's one of the songs I remember very well singing in public um and it was interesting because at that time I was in Makini and it was like a special event yeah where um I don't know if you know this guy Nick Voyashik this guy who has no arms and legs yes 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 yeah so he had come to Kenya and he was doing a school tour and that was a very big deal for me where I got to be chosen to like perform for him. Yeah. It was wonderful.
0: Okay. Mm. Okay. And so that was primary school. Yeah. And then you went to Buribu Girls. Yeah. For all of one year. Yeah. Okay. How was that for you?
1: That was interesting. Um, I mean, I'm grateful that I didn't necessarily, how do I say this? Like, I was still able to cope mm. um, in that environment because public schools in Kenya, to be very honest, are a menace. Um, <laughs> But I somehow was able to live with it, and really, I knew that I knew that that was going to be my fate. Cause I mean, my folks were like, "Yeah, litwa, do taenda." Yeah. So even when I like tried to approach my folks to take me to a different school, it was those ones for they'll just talk to me or they'll get someone to talk me out of it. But thankfully, they agreed. Yeah, cause I I really the environment, to be very honest, wasn't the best. Yeah. there were a few um toxic aspects here and there Mm. from teachers, from other students. And yeah, I just felt like if I have the chance to leave and go somewhere else, it would be really great. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then you went back to... Then I went to Riara. Then you went to Riara until...
1: Till I finished uh, Form 4. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how was that like for you? I think that was amazing. And, And I think that was one of the best things that my folks did for me mm. because Riara opened me up to very many amazing opportunities, opened me up to my first, um, like all expenses paid international trip because of like some of the programs that they had um, at the school. So I really loved that beyond academics, they were very, Heavily invested in bu- building who you are, um, building a wholesome uh, person, building a wholesome product that will get out into the society. Yeah, mm. where did you go? I went to Germany. Hey. Okay. Yeah, so it was. Um, I was part of a an organization called Junior Achievement. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so it was this whole thing where you compete with other schools, and so what happened is, um, that particular year the UN um were having this outfit where they called a couple of schools to participate and mm-hmm. it was a whole eco-friendly product competition where you come up with something that's good for the environment and then um, the winner would have the opportunity to go represent the country at Leverkusen in Germany. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's very interesting. We're just getting into this my environment thing. Oh,
1: yes, we are. <laughs>
0: right. I um. So you and Ria and Chill from 4. Yeah. What did you... So apart from that, is there anything distinct that you remember about your time at
1: Riara? Riara was amazing. (laughs) I mean, coming from- from, Apart from this, any any other thing? Yeah, um, wow, Uh, what can I say, what can I say? Leadership. Okay. I interacted with leadership um, a lot at Riara as well. Um, And I really appreciated um, also just my teachers at the time giving me that opportunity. Because I remember even a time where, because of how passionate I was about music, Um, and I think the school was still pretty young then. Um, there was no, you know how you have the typical CU captain in a high school. Mm. There wasn't any such post in Riera at the time. So my teachers literally just had a meeting and they're like, you know what, this chick, fits this, so let's create this role and her. let's give it to her. Yeah. Which I thought was super iconic, man. Okay. It was awesome. Where I was like, I don't just get to be at TO, Sidri Head Girl or Dome Captain, which I ended up being in Form 4. But I really loved that they saw that I was passionate enough to create a Something to you. Exactly. And
0: that says a lot about what is possible in life. Yep. Nice. Okay. So you were done with Riyadh then you went to, before we get to Nairobi University. Yeah. Between primary school and high school, yeah. what did you discover about yourself? Was any does it have anything to do with music, for example? Like what did you, what would you say you discovered about your personality and who you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I think I discovered that um, I enjoy leadership, like okay. I mentioned earlier. And I also discovered that um I enjoy being confident and being outstanding mm-hmm. in whatever I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And really? then you went to UN. Yep. The University of Nairobi.
1: The University of Nairobi. Okay. What yeah. did you study? I studied law. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, what made you, were you called to the program or did you choose it yourself?
1: Interestingly, I was called to UON, yeah. but not for law. Yeah. I think, was it like a battle of sense I don't even remember what I was called for yeah. because I was like, eh, that's really not the direction I want to go. Yeah. My choice worried up to me, Mm -hmm. um, which it wasn't exactly then, could have been to study music. Okay. Yeah. But um, like your typical African parents, um, they had worries and concerns as to what studying music for me would look like. Um, And so... I feel like I ended up falling into a trap because growing up and even talking about that confidence thing and whatnot, I'd always get fed and be told, oh my God, you're so good at debate club. You're very eloquent. Yeah. You really, you're good at languages and you're good in history and religious studies. So you'd be, you'd make a good lawyer, Mm. you know? And so I kept getting fed with a lot of that and a lot of that. And in the end, I found myself having to go in that direction of of doing law. If I wanted to, to be taken back, yeah. I think I'd make a different choice, but here we are. It is what it is. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Um and studying law, yep. what has that what has that taught you about like yourself, about the world and and what needs to be done? Because you're talking about leadership which you enjoy. Yeah. And then a lot of leadership also sort of involves creating laws and policies. Yes. So like what what has that taught you about that?
1: So it's it's interesting because um if I could sum up my experience studying law, I'd tell you more about what I wish was better, or I'd tell you more about systematic things because the setup was such a big how do I say it, a big contributing factor as to how I even view law to date. Because you you I mean, this was my experience where I'd feel like most of the lecturers would come with this front where um, you're all just a bunch of spoiled brats Mm. um, and no one gets an A in my class. And I'm like, no, like... Why don't you just stay passionate about imparting the knowledge to me? Like, that's why I'm here, because I don't know, and because I want to know, and I want to make an impact. So I really felt like there were many other things that stained, if I may put it that way, Mm. um, what that experience could have been like. And and what it also taught me about the world and people, as you said, we're a competitive lot. I don't know if it's just a Kenyan thing. I don't know if it was a law school thing, Mm. but... And 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 I would say in terms of our education system in yeah. Kenya, because yeah. that's what you've come out with um, from eight four four, it's very competitive. And what matters is um, what grades you can put on the table at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, I found that quite interesting about about that journey of studying law. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do you do you see yourself as wanting to be a lawyer?
1: I don't. Okay. At least, not in the typical not in the typical way. That yeah, it's, yeah. that it's is usually um um seen, especially here locally. Because I mean, every every so often, even while I was studying law, and before you'd share with people, oh, I'm studying law, and the typical thing people say is like, wow, so I can do the wrong thing and you will defend me, <laughs> 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 which I used to find so ridiculous. Mm. But no, I don't see myself um, okay. as a liar. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, do you see yourself as Ever wanting to get to a place mm. where you're shaping laws and policies and legislation absolutely. or influencing at least
1: Absolutely okay. absolutely and and I think that's the way in which we all need to look at it that even through my music or through my art I should be able to influence policies as yeah. well Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Okay mm. so let's get into mention music mm-hmm. so how did you find yourself how did you find yourself becoming Does that make sense Mm -hmm. Mm English-wise? How did you become a musician? How did I become a
1: musician? Okay. Yeah, so pretty much um, having interest in in singing and in music from a very young age had me, um, you know, going... Like, gravitating towards spaces where music was. So you'd find me in church. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of going to Sunday school, I'd follow my mom because she sang in church. So I'd go for her rehearsal instead of going to Sunday school. I was that kid. And I was just like, yeah, I want to learn the songs with you guys. I want to sing. I want to be in the front row when you're singing, you know, and and keeping on growing in that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's how I found myself becoming a musician. Like, any space that would have music, you would find me there. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. And then what, apart from, so what church did you go to?
1: I went to St. Andrews. Uh-huh. That's the church where um, I grew up. Yeah. And then I later transitioned into Mavuno, which is where I am now.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so is, would you say that maybe lead, joining the worship team sort of? So cemented the path for you
1: it really did yeah it really did because one thing i like to share with people about um being in a worship team it does have an aspect of consistency it it has an aspect of discipline so being able to learn the art of committing to that yeah. because you'll have songs to listen to during the week and then you'll have rehearsals to attend mm-hmm. and then you'll have you know your typical sound check and just everything leading up to the actual leading of the worship, yeah. basically, I think, can really, really build a musician.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, join the worship team. So, how did you end up singing with Eric Wanaina?
1: Good question. Um, I owe a big part of that um, musical journey to someone called Elsafan Elsa Fanjora. Okay. So shout out, to yeah, Njura. shout yeah. out to Njora man. Yeah. So what happened is that I actually started singing. Um, outside of church or outside of worship yeah. um, at this poetry event that was led by Njora. Mm, it's called Eve of, Eve of Poetry. poetry yeah. yeah, EOP. Woo, EOP Nation! And he would, he
0: would, they would give a theme and then you'd yes. probably have to write a song exactly. with that theme in and mind. And that's
1: yeah. also how I got into songwriting, yeah. where Njora would be like, okay, the theme for this month is this, I need a song. So I'd go sit down with Timmy Nightway, the guitarist, and yeah. would come up with something. So Njora literally placed a bet on me one time where it was for teaser the season and they needed, I think someone had traveled and wasn't able to be part of the ensemble. And so they were looking for an extra person. And you know,
0: Can I just interrupt yeah, you? I was ahead. just trying to remember yeah. um, the theme mm-hmm. for so I did EOP once, I don't think mm-hmm. he remembers. And the theme was going the extra mile.
1: Goodness. And so
0: now we had to write a song yeah. with Talking about basically elaborating on how to go the, the extra, extra mile, work, yeah, and then I chickened out and I didn't. Kibali,
1: I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> why did you chicken out? <laughs> See,
0: because everybody else just sounded good, and I was like, ah, these professionals, you know,
1: which which of which you are one of them.
0: Shara, yeah, so shara. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so
1: Jora basically placed a bet on me, and he goes and like tells the the leader, and mm-hmm. he's like, so there's this chick called Candy, mm-hmm. and this chick can sing. And he goes, like, call this chick. And if she doesn't deliver, I'm willing to give up my paycheck for this season. Yeah. And I was just like, goodness, like, that someone could believe in me to that extent and that someone could be willing to, you know, say my name in such a forum, Um, really, that was so profound. And that's how I got to meet um most of these artists that I ended up working with—that's how I got to meet Atemi yeah. and work with her, and that's how I got to meet Eric Wiener as well. Okay. Mm.
0: And how long have you been? How long have you been in the professional music space?
1: So I'd say since 2014. Okay. Yeah. How many years okay. is that? Um, must,
0: right? eight, give or take. <laughs> yeah. 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 That mm. was not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 2014. That's yeah. interesting. I I don't know. So, but you started. When did you start singing with Eric?
1: Twenty? Should I say sixteen? Yeah. End of 15, 16, There about. Mm, yeah,
0: okay. yeah. I was trying to remember because I yeah. used to work at the elephant. So, but I don't remember meeting you at
1: that time. Yeah. So yeah. I, was, I was,
0: I was, confused. I was like, I hey, did we ever ever interact? Cross paths? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Um, eight years. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, getting into getting into the theme yeah. of the month because, of course. Tomorrow is International Women's Day. Yeah. There's, there's themes that are always shared. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about gender equality mm-hmm. and what that means for you mm-hmm. as a person and also what that means for you being a musician who is also female yeah. in this industry. Yeah. So let's just start with like what does gender equality mean to you yeah. as Candy?
1: So yeah, it, this has always been a very contentious issue. Mm. So but for me, um gender equality really. And this is the one thing that I usually love to emphasize because people get it wrong. We don't want um, women per se to be favored or to have an upper hand. We just want um, the pie to be allocated equally to everyone. Yeah, so being able to have access to the same resources, being able to have um, everyone's voice heard um, on the same level, I think that's what I would say um, gender equality means to me where No one is unfairly above the other. We're Mm. all just working together because it's possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And what does it mean to you Mm. as a musician who Mm. is also female in this industry?
1: Good question. Um, Exactly the same thing. It would mean to me being treated um, equally. You know, it would mean not being shunned um, as we see a lot. It would mean my voice... um, my voice being heard, it would mean my voice counting. Yeah, yeah, in that space. Okay.
0: Mm. Um, and then the second part of that, yeah, was is also a, so gender equality today for sustainable tomorrow. Yeah. And sustainability is such a, such a very abstract almost, mm-hmm. um, concept. So, what does sustainability mean to you, especially in that period when we are still going through? an ever-changing pandemic, and now there's a global war. Not, well, not a global war, but there's a war happening yeah. that is a global issue thanks to social media. Yeah. What does sustainability mean to you as mm. a musician?
1: Um, so I would say sustainability is being able to, um, how do I say it, like run things in a timeless and useful way, mm. such that, um, hmm, the way that things are set up now Mm. will make will make sense even like very many years to come so um thinking about things from a forward-looking perspective so to speak yeah yeah okay yeah okay Mm.
0: and again there's there's a lot of intersectionality with you and the things that we're talking about Yeah. being a musician being somebody who studied law being interested in leadership and all these things yeah if you had or when you have the power mm. to transform the industry as it is, mm-hmm. to make it more sustainable mm-hmm. and more gender equal, like mm-hmm. what are some of the things you would do, as Candy?
1: Interesting. Um, one of the things I think um, would be very useful if it changed or if it were different mm. is just basically how female artists or female females in the music and creative arts, um, industry are treated. Um, so you keep hearing all these things of just being, um, overlooked or being undermined for one reason or another. You hear stuff about, um, uh, how would I say it? Sort of like the quote I would give, um, a client and the quote that a male um, counterpart would give a client would be different. And they, They will not take mine because they're like, that's too much um, Mm. for a female musician. Like just being taken advantage of. I think those are some of the things I'd really enjoy seeing them change. Yeah. Where you look at me, not based on my gender, but you look at me based on my worth and my value and based on merit and what I can bring bring to the table. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. That also brings me to now the other bit, which is about breaking biases. Yeah. What are some of the biases that you have had to you've encountered yeah. and have had to actively challenge, yeah. as Kendi and also as a female musician um, in this industry?
1: I'd say the biggest one is just not being taken seriously mm. and not being heard. Yeah, and this is like almost in every in every aspect. Um, yeah, so so where you're in a musical space and you have ideas, um, but because of of that, they're not really given the
0: the weight uh, and yes, gravitas that they exactly, deserve. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. So, so I think that's what I would say. Like just being brushed off sometimes, even um, and even sometimes when you just analyze the basis of some rejection, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: You're like, it's there's something more to this yeah. than just exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um you went to Germany mm-hmm. for something to do with the environment. Yeah. And of course, climate change, yeah. climate action, climate justice, yeah. the, all those are such big conversations right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your perspective mm-hmm. on that? Like what does climate change mean to you? Mm-hmm. What have you noticed as candy? Mm-hmm. What are you what have you done or are doing about it Yeah. as you know?
1: Yeah. yeah? So, of course, um, one of the unfortunate things um, which is also um, highlighted in many discussions nowadays is mm. that, like for us, say third world countries, for instance, yeah. we're not the biggest contributors to the factors that cause climate change, but, but we end up being the ones who suffer bear the, the most. the yeah. yeah. So, which is completely unfair if you ask me. But that said, we do also um, have... Our little roles to play, you know, um, just basically what um, Wangari, who's been one of my heroes for mm. the longest time, mm. would speak about where we're not asking you to, I don't know, build a humongous, ridiculous um, greenhouse farm so that we recognize you as helpful or as um you know good for the environment it's just the little things that you can do in your space you know the little recycling that you can do the not littering um that you can do so it's just that aspect of people needing to realize that it really doesn't take so much um for us to be able to be good for the environment and also realizing that when we are good to eat then it's good to us so what I try to do is to sensitize people um, about that, whether it's through music or um, if I'm in a forum that allows me to, you know, to share on some of those things. Yeah. And of course, practicing what I preach. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: OK. Um, as a musician, mm-hmm. for example, um, the big conversation now yeah. with the theme yeah. of the month and also the intersection with climate change yeah. is how women can be more centered in yeah. interventions that deal with, that address and deal with climate change. Yeah. And not just centered in terms of their voices being heard. Yeah. But also getting money to yeah. do things. Yeah. Um, what would you like to see in terms of like musicians have influence? Yeah. And they can influence generations in more ways than, than even policy. Yeah. Can policy can standardize the ways in which people do things, but just changing of mindsets. Yeah. Musicians of that. Yeah. What would you like? How would you if? What would you want to see yeah. happen with musicians? What yeah. kind of opportunities would you wish to sort of come across that would maybe help you to to tackle something like that?
1: Good question. Um, I've always had this dream um, of being a goodwill ambassador for any organization that basically
0: mentioned the organization. <laughs> United maybe maybe Nations. one Hello. of my other other cousins <laughs> is listening.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah so hello united nations this is your girl um my email is UNEP. <laughs> <laughs> yes um but basically what um i'd like to see uh, musicians and creatives i mean it doesn't just have to be musicians but yeah. people anyone in the creative arts um to lend their voices um in, in the biggest ways that they can yeah. um, to these causes. I mean, even just finding ways to plug in um, to the communities around us and sensitizing them about these things so that I'm not only speaking about um, climate change in the studio, yeah. but I'm also going to the ground and helping people understand um, the importance of, you know, just being hands-on yeah. about it, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I think you mentioned Wangari Mathai, mm-hmm. the late, and... Yeah it's interesting because last week was i think was the one Matai day yep um and it's really awesome because that's the one it's interesting that the most famous kenyan person yep. who has pushed and fought yep. and been beaten literally almost lost their life mm-hmm. for the environment is is a woman like i think that's that's really cool very powerful you know and mm-hmm. just the fact that she was able to go against yes you know yes the powers that were mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um before we sort of uh we're getting to the end of the conversation, the podcast, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Um with COVID. Yeah. Um happened, is still going on. Yeah. What are some of the like what what has this period been like for you?
1: Good question. Um
0: like starting like March twenty twenty. It's almost three years actually. Yeah. Well, two (laughs) two and something. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: So actually the first hit for me was I think a gig that I was taking part in being cancelled. Mm-hmm. Like literally we had been um preparing, you know, getting rehearsals in and whatnot. And then just getting that dreaded um call. Yeah, call and message that sorry guys, because of the pandemic. And at that time, I mean, we hadn't even had our first case yet. It was just around that time when they had now put the ban on even like international travel and whatnot. So that was very heartbreaking. Yeah. And then for creatives, we really didn't know what it was going to look like yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um. I mean, at the time, maybe not as many people had looked into the aspect of curating online gigs or online experiences. Yeah. So that was a very, it was a very hard shift and it was a very, it was very unexpected. Yeah. So sadly, that's one of the things that I think greatly affected me. Yeah. So just gigs being canceled Um. where gigs were like, one of my main
0: sources of income exactly
1: exactly so so that was not easy to navigate yeah um grateful though still for getting support from my folks for instance and just being able to somehow survive through that um being able to somehow still be part of some of the online stuff that was created or some of the stuff that could still happen yeah um then at a personal level i think these COVID times have just been very sobering. Mm. And I don't think there's ever been a time where as people we have been forced to understand ourselves outside of the noise, you know, outside of the hustle and bustle, um, just being forced to sit with yourself and sit with your thoughts and sit with your heart and mind, um, I would say is one of the biggest things that has come out of this um, season for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, What are some of the, changes like major changes that have happened to you um during this sort of like two-year period
1: yeah so i ought to start this way i got married
0: congratulations (laughs) thank you during the
1: COVID period congratulations which was a huge um wow it was quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just knowing how difficult those times were yeah. and not being able to
0: bring everybody that yeah, you could. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and and going through those who understood and those who didn't yeah. was also interesting. Yeah. Um, But apart from that, also just having those conversations with myself, as I was saying earlier, and now also in terms of career for me. Mm-hmm. So it just made me think about a couple of things and made me um, have a deeper look into the things that I'm passionate about yeah. and try to figure out just ways to be more useful yeah. um, to the society and to the people around me. Yeah. So yeah, decided to make sort of like a career switch, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about more in the future.
0: It's okay. Yeah, you don't yeah, mm-hmm. don't need to get no to pressure it right Right? No pressure at all. <laughs> Um, as we come to the end mm-hmm. of this conversation and this episode what is your like what's your favorite song right now
1: that is such a hard question kibali
0: <laughs> what's the one song uh-huh. that you feel like is is a soundtrack mm-hmm. to uh, this will sound weird like a yeah. soundtrack to the season that you're in no that makes it better that makes, it, in better. Right now. That makes yeah.
1: it so much better because um i'd say never lost by cc winans mm-hmm. And the thing with that song is that, um, I mean, this COVID season, as you asked me about earlier, yeah. it's very easy to see how there were very big aspects of loss in that season. So lost people, lost opportunities, different people lost different things, lost time, um, as some would be able to see it. Um, then CC. Um, sings this song um, and it's basically for me an assurance that it's it's not lost yeah yeah it's just different it's it's yeah it's different from what you've always known different from what you expected but it's not lost because there's still when you look deeper, And when you actually think about it, like I told you, perhaps some of us wouldn't have been able to have moments of introspection without those lockdowns and curfews, you know. Yeah, just being
0: forced to actually meet yourself. Exactly,
1: exactly. Because I, for example, was that person for, I really used to enjoy being busy Mm. because, I don't know, that's where, I mean, even when you're frustrated because of certain things and whatnot, I just have that need to just fill myself with activity after activity after activity. Rest was a rumor, yeah. right? Yeah. But having this season where you have no option but to, right, um, made me understand yeah. why rest is important, understand why introspection is important. Yeah, so okay. never lost by CC Finance to okay. answer your question. Great.
0: Mm. Um, what's, what's a mantra that you've been you've been you like has that has anchored you yeah in maybe like the last three months
1: (laughs) I was going to say for life
0: Uh, yeah that that too (laughs) yeah
1: well one of the ones let me start with that for some reason has just always resonated with me or I've gotten to witness the most yeah might sound interesting but it's what goes around comes around okay and why I say this is because um My life has been a series of me learning the importance of treating people well. Uh. Um, um, And it's a very very deep concept for me um, because that's how I grew up. I grew up with that mentality of, you don't treat someone else less because of what they can give you or because of who they are. It's everybody is a somebody treat everybody well yeah i think the world would be a whole lot more peaceful if we just treated each other well okay yeah
0: wow Mm. okay Mm. um last thoughts
1: Last thoughts. Thank you for having me on my first official podcast (laughs) um, appearance. Yeah, you're Um, welcome. I'd like to tell people to listen to Kenyan music and support Kenyan music. Yeah. Um, Show up for our gigs when we have them, when we call you. Um, Buy tickets (laughs) without complaining. Yeah. Um, Like just do do what you can. Yeah. And also do what you can to just be a better person in your space. Okay. Yeah.
0: So Mm. thank you so much for being the first guest for a new season. Thank I appreciate it. Me. Yeah. And I hope that this was a wonderful like experience. Truly was. Yeah. Truly was. Now and, that, and that we didn't ask you generic questions.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Yeah. I'm trying to get to Friday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that, we have come to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you as well.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> hope you enjoyed that. Catch the next episode <laughs> same time <laughs> next week. A huge, huge thanks to Catalyst Media for making this season possible.